Hey friends, this is Josh Blair and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you could check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. Uh, before we get started, I just, again, I want to honor uh, the Blair family and, and Pastor Josh and, and what he's done, not only in, in their church, but throughout our community. And uh, I'm just so blessed that there are young pastors ready to, to, to sow into our city. And, and, and that's what we need. So Josh, thank you. Pastor Faith, we love you guys. And uh, I just, I appreciate uh, even Jackie and Taylor on the worship team. Thank you guys so much this morning. Uh, I want to give a, a, a hello to my wife who's here with me. And if you hear some kids going crazy, those are mine. Uh, and so uh, they are they are fun. My name is Charles Rigby. I am a, a pastor here in town at Valley West Christian Center. Uh, I'm going on nearly 20 years of youth ministry here in our city. And uh, I believe I'm the oldest youth pastor in America. And so uh, I, am, I am so excited that that is my role. And I take that on strongly. I, I am pumped about that. Um, before I get into the word, I want to take this opportunity um, for the last four years, uh, I, I was a, a city councilman here in the city of Madeira, and I, I know we're in a, an election year, and I know probably many of you, like me, you're, you're just tired of it all, and you just, you just need it to stop. Uh, but I, I firmly believe in local politics more than anything, uh, and, and this year, there's going to be an, 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 a ballot initiative that's going to be on your ballot that I can almost guarantee 100% none of you have heard about yet, and it's called Measure R. And what it's going to do is it's going to legalize the growth and sale of cannabis within city limits of Madeira. And, and so the reason why none of you have heard about it is because that's exactly what the, the authors of this measure want you to not know, is that there's, there's going to be a vote yes or a vote no on Measure R. But here's what they've done. It's going to say vote yes if you agree cannabis should be taxed in the city of Madeira. Vote no if you don't think cannabis should be taxed in the city of Madeira. But I'm here to tell you, family, that they're asking you to tax something that is technically already not legalized in the city of Madeira. And if you vote yes to tax it, it will give City Hall permission to write the ordinance that has yet to be written, and then they will take their cues from the voter saying the voters want taxes, we're gonna give it to them. They will then go on to draft the ordinance in correspondence to a yes vote. If you vote no to measure R, you will squash cannabis in the city of Madeira, the growth and production of it within city limits, not within county, just within city. So if you're watching at home, if you're hearing me, I would, I would implore you to get the facts Educate yourself. If you have any questions, you're more than welcome to reach out to me at Valley West Christian Center uh, or, or Pastor Josh. I'm going to be sending out uh, several bullet points on, on what Measure R does. The city will tell you that there is a gold pot at the end of the rainbow of cannabis. Uh, but I don't have time to get into how uh, much of that is contingent upon the type of cannabis business that is actually allowed into the city. And it could take years, if not decades, before we begin to see the type of promises and money that could come with cannabis. Again, please educate yourselves. Uh, if I were voting, I would vote no. 
but that's just me and my personal uh, vote. But you guys, please get educated on it because you're not going to hear it in the newspapers. You're not going to see it from, from City Hall. You're not going to hear it from anywhere else. So I thought I'd take that opportunity to share that. So Pastor, Pastor Josh, you'll have to excuse me if I, if I took the opportunity at your pulpit to get political. Uh, but uh, I, I, um, that's, uh, that's just a little, uh, a little, a little tidbit. But Jesus, we, we need you. We need you in our city. We need you in our state. We need you in our nation. And I partner with Central Valley and we contend for our city. That is why these issues are important. That is why these, these times that we live in are so vital that we have truth, that we spend more time in our word and less time in our newspapers and more time listening to the Holy Spirit, and less time listening to the opinions of man. So God, I pray this morning that you would anoint the word of God, that it would, it would touch our hearts, that it would grow us, and most importantly, that it would bring us closer to you with an encounter with the living God, because you are alive. You reign, Jesus. You are the authority of this earth, and that's who we rely on. Amen. This morning, I wanna read in Psalms chapter 42, the Bible says this, my tears have been my meat day and night, while they, the earth, continually say, where is thy God? My soul thirsts for God. The message version says, I want to drink God, deep droughts of God. I'm thirsty for a God that's alive, I'm on a diet of tears, tears for breakfast, tears for supper, all day long, tears. And I read this scripture and I think about where, where, where we are as a nation, where we are in, in, in the world. People are saying Jesus is coming back. I've got friends that were taking pictures of the Bay Area this week as the skies were orange and what they claim to be apocalyptic. And I said, family, it's way worse than this. You don't want to be here if it was apocalyptic. But man, I don't see a better opportunity in time to share the love of Jesus than now. Hearts are, are, just, are just bursting open. I've heard time and time again, hey, 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 Christian, where is your God? This is the opportunity, church. This is what we've been praying for. This is what 9 a.m. intercessions have been all about. It's about the Lord coming alive inside of your heart and you having to burst out with truth in a season and a time when it's hard to see him. I believe like no other that we are in a moment of Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. In the book of Hosea, the Lord uses this prophet and he says, sow for yourself righteousness. Just like Mr. Blair was saying earlier, we've got to be a holy, righteous people. Sow for yourself righteousness. Reap steadfast love. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord. That he may come and rain righteousness upon his people upon you and me, upon the city of Madeira, upon the state of California, upon the United States of America, and upon the, the nations of the earth. The Lord is not weary in what he sees transpiring throughout the earth today. 
If anything, he is, his eyes, just like it said in Second Chronicles, his eyes are looking throughout the earth for whose heart is knitted to his for whose heart is, is embedded in the word of God and sowing righteousness and sowing tears and breaking up this fallow ground and saying, God, I repent and forgive me because I need to seek you now more than ever. I, I have to admit, I have to admit this, this, this scripture, I've, been, I've probably been preaching it for the last five months on Clarissa. I can't get off of it, and I, and, I, and I believe that it's because this is what the Lord is doing in me. When, when all this kind of first started happening in February, March, I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't connect with it. I didn't connect with it. COVID was a nuisance. I didn't connect with it. it, it, it because it, it turned my fast-paced American Amazon Prime world upside down, I didn't connect with it. Everything just came to a halt. I didn't connect with it. It was a nuisance. And then I started seeing numbers just rolling, numbers just rolling. Like, like, I, like I was watching, you know, the ticker tape or, or lotto balls, just numbers just rolling. And people were saying deaths and world deaths and, and cases and deaths and cases and deaths. All through, and every, every number was another nuisance for me. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. We're not. Oh, geez. This ain't. Oh, my gosh. And until the Holy Spirit brought me to this place and, 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 and I, 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 I was eating this line, break up your fallow ground. I was just eating it and eating it because I didn't get it. So I just kept re reading it and reading it until it hit me. My heart was my fallow ground. I was not compassionate that every number that was ticking was somebody's life. I didn't cry for COVID victims. I got angry. Oh, another one. Oh, another one. Another case. I didn't shed a tear for COVID victims. And it wasn't until the Lord began to deal with me. And then the images on TV, they, they were start, uh, uh, tears were filling in my eyes. I will never forget the scene in New Jersey and New York where U-Haul trucks are lined up on the sidewalks because they're filling them with bodies. And each body not getting what you and I would consider a proper burial because of the, the way the CDC is asking people to deal with victims of this disease. They're put in mass graves. No funerals. No caskets. They zip them up in like two or three bags. They put them in these trucks and then they take them to mass graves and they bury them. It's happening even in our city. And my heart was beginning. Then my fallow ground, and I was like, these are not just lives that were lost, but souls. But souls. Now my fallow heart is broken. And I begin to deal with it in the place of intercession. Hebrews chapter three. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as it is the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. And so, as always, I ask Jesus, how would you deal with this? How would Jesus be walking through our nation today? How would Jesus be handling what's happening today? 
And praise the Lord, he's already done it in more ways than one. But I want to look at an incident actually in Luke chapter 13, where Jesus is dealing with two scenarios. He's dealing with the, a scenario of a natural disaster that nobody saw coming or could stop. Does that sound familiar? And he's dealing with a government shooting where soldiers of the government killed people in a city. Does that sound familiar? Jesus dealing with exactly the same headlines we're seeing today in our newspapers. The Bible says this in the story that there were, there were some present at the very time who told him about the Galileans who were killed by Pilate and mingled with their sacrifices. And this was Jesus's answer to them. Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the others because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will likewise perish. Or what about those 18 on whom the tower of Shalom fell and killed them? Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? His answer in verse five, no, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And he's not talking about the breath you breathe on this earth for the last time. He's talking about eternity. In other words, as, as much as his heart wants to bleed for a community, and as much as he wants to be empathetic towards a culture of people, he's saying, listen, you may have breathed your last breath on this earth, but I want to know where you're going to be for eternity. I want to know where you're spending eternity. I want to know if I am the answer. I am the way, the truth, and life. Someone asked me, man, what would Jesus do? Would he be marching right now? And I said, look, he might be marching, but I guarantee you he's not going to ask the same questions or demand the same type of justice that the people of earth are demanding. He's going to be demanding mercy because mercy triumphs over justice and the kingdom. And this is, this, is a, this, is a, this is a concept that is really hard to talk about right now. Nobody wants to hear mercy. They want to see action and justice. And so did I. And then the Lord began to soften my heart. I'm a fixer. Anyone else out there a fixer? When you see an issue, you roll up your sleeves and you're like, how can I fix it? I watched Nacho Libre the other night with my youth group. Let's get down to the nitty gritty, right? I'm a fixer. Give me, give me A, B, C, and D so I can fix it. Just give me, I want to fix it. I, I need a solution, not an answer. Jesus didn't get in the debate. Jesus didn't, Jesus is among the public there's a parade of people around him asking him these questions. They wanted his opinion on the events and he never got in the debate. So I don't think Jesus would have been up late at night on Facebook answering, oh, 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 oh my goodness, oh my, right? I don't think so. I, I, I think Jesus would have been living to ensure that if one more breath isn't taken on this earth by somebody, that their first breath would be in heaven and not in hell. He was committed to seeing the harvest. The travail reaps the harvest family. 
The tears reaps the harvest. The tears that cry out, the moans, the 9 a.m.s, the 5 a.m.s, the 3 a.m.s. When you begin to moan and cry out for a generation, for a lost soul, for a people group, for an earth, for a world, all of a sudden, your deep cries out to his deep and he is moved the same way he was moved when he came to Lazarus's grave and Mary ran to his feet and she began to weep. She didn't have any clever Christian words to say. She didn't have anything to, to, to declare and to pound at the Lord's feet. She just fell at his feet as she often did. And she began to weep. And it was at that point that Jesus began to weep and he got angry at sin and he got angry at death. And then he moved to a man's grave and we saw death conquered. And I'm telling you, this is what the Lord is doing. I believe he is softening the heart of man in the church. He is bringing us back to a place where all of a sudden we thirst for his presence. I want to drink these deep droughts of God. When was the last time you were drinking God? Drinking him. Drinking him like water. Not, 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 a, not a cup of soda, not, a, not an indulgence, if you will, but I mean a necessity. When was the last time you found yourself breaking up the fallow ground in your life? When was the last time you found yourself? How do you seek the Lord? How do we seek the Lord? Because I got news for you, family. Jesus is not on the ballot. And if you're waiting for a human, if you're waiting for a human to release a kingdom, then you're no better than those that didn't believe Jesus was gonna be the king. Because the last time Jesus was on a ballot, they voted for the murderer. I wanna sow in tears. Let's look at this scripture really quick it's in joel i want to go to the book of joel as we go there i just want to make sure that i ensure that we remember the roles of the believer today that we remember the roles of the sons and the daughters who were actually called to minister to the father i i, I find it so valuable when the church is reaching out to the community, serving inside of the community. Because it reminds me that it's through service that we earn trust. And it's in that trust that we can share the gospel. Jesus reminded so many people daily that we were always meant to rest in sonship. We were always meant to rest as daughters and sons. Rest in that. And it's from that place that you begin to contend for revival. If I can rest in my identity as a son and daughter, it's at that place that I can contend for revival. But this is when trouble comes. Trouble comes when you begin to actually rest in revival and then, and then begin to contend for your sonship or your daughtership. You can't have the cart before the horse. And I was guilty of that. And so in this season, as I'm finding myself repenting, for some reason, I thought I was, I was owed revival. I was owed revival. But that's, that's not what, what the Lord would have me think. 
the Lord would have me think I was, I'm owed sonship because he chose me first and I chose him. Now we're in this relationship. It's from that place that I can contend for revival. But what if revival never comes, Charles, as long as you're living on this earth? Then I will rest assured knowing that I have the sonship with the most high because that's, that is my victory. That is my victory. And so as a young minister, I would get up on platforms and I'd start pounding revival, pounding revival. We need revival. Revival is coming. Revival. And I, I still don't doubt that. But before I can ask a generation to contend for revival, I should have been asking a, a generation to seek the Lord and become sons and daughters. Become sons and daughters, and then together we can contend for revival. And, 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 and so this is why I find myself in, in Joel. Because for too long, I was desiring the promise more than I was desiring the promiser. I wanted all the promises of heaven almost more than I wanted the one that was handing them out. And I think as a church, as an American church, I think sometimes we can get lost in that. As a Western civilization, I think we can get lost in that. And this is not a knock to the resources that we have. As we support missionaries and, and, and things that are happening all throughout the earth, I think that is perfect. That is where you need to be. But I'm just talking mentally in the place that says, man, um, we're, we're supposed to be number one. I just want to be the number one son. I need a t-shirt that says number one son. Just like that number one dad. I need the t-shirt that says number one son. Because every morning, that's what I have to renew my mind to become. And it doesn't take much work because you don't earn the love of the Father. Freely it is given. Freely it is given. And it just that's what breaks my fallow ground. That through all my junk, he still loves me as a son. And it's at that place that I begin to cry and, 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 and sow tears. And I'm sowing tears. And then the Holy Spirit gives me an idea. And he says, hey, how about Sunday nights, Pastor Josh? You start having worship and prayer nights. That is birthed from the place of tears. And then the Lord shows up. Is the church crying out for the Father's heart, beloved? The Central Valley, is, is, is he crying out for what heaven wants to see transpire in the earth? Or is it crying out for what man wants to see? What optics are we praying from? I know Pastor Josh has talked about that so many times. That's why I wanted to share that. Book of Joel, there's three crises taking place in throughout this book, the whole, the whole thing. I'm not gonna go reading through the whole thing. And then there's two alarms. There's two trumpets, two alarms, but there's one method of response. Three crises are happening. I'm gonna talk about two of them. Look at the first scripture. Look at, look at Joel chapter one. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethul. And then what's the next, what's he say? Does anyone... What's he say? Type it in the, he says, hear this. Type it, type it in the comments, hear. H-E-A-R, hear. This is, the this is the first word spoken by the prophet sent by the Lord. Hear this. Listen. Listen. I love this because here God is calling us to come into alignment with the very voice of heaven. What is the word of the hour, beloved? What is the word of the hour? Where are you getting it from? What is your source? Who, who are you listening to? And it was important because even Joel knew 
that the elders, he pulled out the elders, pulled out the elders, not just Joe Schmo. He went to the ones that had been given authority, a platform. He said, listen, because the church needs to come away from the swirl that is surrounding it right now. Oh man, it's just opinions and Republican and Democrat and what is right and what is wrong and are you standing for this and why doesn't Pastor Josh have 20 different color ribbons on him this morning and what is going, what, what is, is it left, is it right? Beloved, I don't wanna be left or right. I just wanna come up. I want my eyes to be up. I want my heart to be up. I wanna be broken before the Lord. And, and for so long, like I said, I was trying to fix where we were. I was running around our church like Sam, trying to plug stuff in and backcode things and streaming and cameras and this and that and internet connections and oh my goodness and sweating. It's probably the only person on a Sunday morning sweating. Charles, why are you running around? I got it. You don't have time to talk to anybody. You're pushing people aside. Because I was trying to fix church and COVID. I don't think God wanted me to fix it. I think he wanted me to feel it. I wanted to fix Black Lives Matter. God wanted me to feel it. You need to feel it, Charles. Because if you feel it, you will go to the place of prayer with it. And if you will sow in the place of prayer with tears and time, I will give you revelation. And it's in that place of revelation that I can turn around and give it back to the Lord, right? If I abide in him and his word abides in me, his word, not the words of man that I spit back up to heaven, his word abides in me and I spit his very words back to him. It's how Moses got God to forgive the very people he was ready to demolish and start brand new with just Moses. Moses took the word and said, ah, 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 you said. That's where I learned that from. Our nation is being exposed right now. Every pastor, me included, January, we had our series, 2020 Vision. <laughs> Every pastor in America, 2020 Vision, we're gonna get a clear vision. The Lord is releasing a clear vision. And now I see the same Christian saying, it's not so clear. It's very smoky or foggy out there. Beloved, it couldn't be more clear to me. Don't, don't let what your eyes naturally see Confuse what your eyes spiritually should be seeing. That now is the time to seek the Lord. You asked in prayers for God to shake what could be shaken. Beloved, guess what he's shaking right now? He is shaking everything that can be shaken. And if your heart is not aligned with his in the place of forgiveness, if your heart is not aligned with his in the place of repentance, if your heart is not aligned with his in the place of mercy and grace and love and life, you're gonna find yourself burning just like fires that are burning around us because it is not cleared out. There's so much stuff in those forests that the fires just have more fuel, more fuel. And that's how the enemy works. He will light a fire in you and the sin that's just hiding around your heart, it'll just keep burning and burning and burning and burning. I want the fire of heaven to come and consume everything, clear it all out. 
and get me aligned with heaven because I want to feel what God is doing in the earth today. I don't want to fix it. We must respond righteously to correct what God is wanting to do in our hearts. Let's, let's look at this. Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2, he tells the people, render your hearts, not your clothes. Many of us are giving heaven our clothes. We're giving it our material things. Some of us think that just because we're giving heaven our Instagram page or our, our Facebook, that we're doing heaven a favor. Well, I'm going to defend Jesus really quick till two in the morning. Ah, beloved. He wants your heart. He doesn't want your Facebook. He doesn't want Instagram. He doesn't want your clothes. He wants your heart. Verse 13. I think we have to remember first and foremost that the Lord is eager to relent and not punish. I was reading uh, Joel Stockdale, Pastor Joel Stockdale, who I admire very much, a pastor that was a youth pastor till he was in his 40s. Now he pastors in Florida and he was commenting on the fires in, in California and just kind of along the lines of, you know, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah were judged. How can we not think that America won't be judged? And, and, and okay, you know, I know a lot of preachers like to take that. That's, that's, that's easy. And I'm, I'm okay with that in context. But as long as Pastor Joel can remember these two scriptures, Joel chapter two, verse 13, Joel chapter two, verse 14. Because this is what I'm holding on to right now. Render your hearts, return to the Lord your God. And then look at verse 14. Who knows? Who knows whether he will turn or relent? My Bible says, who knows? Perhaps. Who knows? Perhaps. I love this. <laughs> this one gets me excited, actually. Who knows? Perhaps. I'm going to give God everything. Come on. I am contending for a church that will give God their hearts, that will not worry about what the church looks like right now, that will not worry about how good the stream is right now. I want a church that is just going to relent everything. Give you my heart, God, because I am standing on the scripture in Joel. Who knows, perhaps you will relent your mercies on California, on the nations of the earth, that you will send a great revival into our lands, that our churches will be ready to not just baptize 12, but 1,200, that our churches will be ready to share the gospel and, and mend broken hearts and cast out demons and heal the sick. I want to see a church that is alive and growing and standing on. Who knows? Perhaps the Lord will have his mercy today. That is my prayer. Who knows? Perhaps. Who knows? Perhaps. My kids love that answer. Every day they want a bag of gummies. Every day they want some ice cream or a treat, as they call it. And they come in to my office at home or into the backyard. Dad, can I have a treat? And sometimes I say no. Sometimes I say yes. They don't like it when I say no. They love it when I say yes. But sometimes I say maybe. Maybe in a little bit, perhaps. It's not no, it's 
It's not yes. So do you know what they do? They wait a little bit and then they come back and ask, what about now? What about now? What about now? What about now, God? What about now? Maybe, okay, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep sowing tears. I'm gonna keep praying. I'm gonna keep interceding. What about now, God? Okay, I'm gonna keep sowing. I'm gonna keep giving. I'm gonna keep giving everything I've got. I'm gonna relent my heart. I'm not gonna give you anything else but my heart. I'm gonna give you my heart because my heart is where my finances is. So that's easy for me to cut the checks. My heart is where my, my love for my family, that, that's easy. I'm just gonna keep giving it to the Lord. But all that to say this as I close. Look at Joel. Let's go back to chapter one. There's a scripture right there that says, tell your children about it. He's talking to the elders and he says, tell your children about it. And this is why this is so important, beloved. And this is how I wanna close tonight. Joel is standing in between two situations. The prophet Joel is alive, we believe, after a seven-year famine of Israel. Israel was, a, was an agricultural nation. They relied on, on farms. We've got some farmers at Central Valley Church, don't we? And can you imagine, farmers, seven years of locusts ravishing your harvests? Locusts, just, just little bugs, just locusts, seven years. Not seven months, not seven weeks, seven years. Seven years of no harvest. Come on, church, what would happen if a farmer had seven years of no harvest? How long until we started seeing an economy change? Seven years of no harvest. Seven years, no harvest harvest. Now there's no money. Now there's famine. Now there's depression. Now there's uh, the, everything that comes along with that. And the people of Israel are now hearing from the God man. And Joel's like, listen, that's why he says, have you ever seen anything like this? Look at verse three. Have you ever seen anything like this? Have you ever seen when a, when a nation comes to an economical stop? And he's saying, look, you got to be careful because guess what's gonna happen? And they didn't know this. They didn't know this. But 40 years from when Joel is talking to the elders here, we see Babylon come down and invade and take over all of Israel. Two things are happening right now, two crises. One, Israel is in, is, is, is in a famine. And two, they are 40 years away from being taken over by Babylon. And this is what Joel is saying. I need you to tell your children about what you're seeing today, what I'm telling you today. Here's why. Because this 40-year gap between locusts and Babylon is the time that we have to teach our children the culture of repentance. We have to teach our children the culture of fasting and prayer. We have to teach our children the, the priority of worshiping. I don't know if that's important, Pastor Charles, right now. No, you, you, you're not getting me. Do you remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? One, two, three dudes, right? Every youth pastor loves this because they were teenagers, right, Sam? Young, young dudes. Every youth pastor loves this story. The king builds this giant idol, tells every nation to bow down to it whenever they hear that. But three guys didn't bow. We know the story, church. Do you know why I love this story now even more? youth pastors, because these three young teenagers, they didn't bow down. 
And in fact, do you know what they told the king that says, I'm about to throw you in this fiery furnace. Do you know what they told that king? Go ahead. Perhaps the Lord will be with us. But even if he's not, I'm not bowing down. Do those words sound familiar? Did we just read those words and perhaps? They weren't alive when Joel was alive. How did they know? Number one, not to bow down to a false god. How did they know, number two, to have the confidence to stand in front of a king and say, throw us to our death. Maybe God will be with us. And even if he's not, I'm never bowing down to your false god. How did they know that? Man, they had a great youth pastor. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They had somebody who was listening 40 years ago to a dude that was walking around saying, tell your children about what you are witnessing right now. We need to train and equip and prepare because beloved, a season is coming where COVID is gonna be so easy. Do you want your grandchildren's children's children to be ready to stand or do you want them ready to bow? Do you want generations of Madarans to stand or to bow? If you want them to stand, then I need to ask you, how are you seeking the Lord right now? How are you seeking? We can't be in fix-it mode. We have to be in respond mode. We cannot be in fix-it mode. It's our nature to be in fix-it mode, beloved. God wants us to be in feel-it mode. To listen, to hear, to tell our children, to train, to disciple, to equip. And you might think, well, I gotta go find me a kid. No, 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 find you a husband. Find you a wife. Find you a best friend. Find you a compadre, gente, amigo. Find you a partner, a homie whatever you want to call, and you begin to disciple each other. You begin to grow each other and then pull somebody else in and then pull somebody else in and then pull somebody else in because I guarantee you, each of you will impact over 10,000 people in your lifetime. That's what I want. I want a church that is teaching generations about a culture of repentance, a culture of fasting and prayer, and a culture of worship. So 40 years from now, I don't have to worry whether or not my children's children's children are gonna stand or bow. I know, I know. Jesus, this morning I pray that the word of God would land in our hearts, challenge us. Challenge us to be a church that sows in tears for a generation. That sows in tears for today. That doesn't allow ourselves to be swayed right or left. That our eyes would stay constant upon you, God. That our hearts would be turned towards you, God. That we would throw ourselves at the foot of the Father and we would cry with no words, maybe. No words just a moan, just a sound, just tears running down our face. And we can cry out with questions. And we can cry out, God. You give us permission to do so. In fact, you challenge us to do so. 
You challenge us to sow with tears because you remember every tear we've ever shed. Challenge us to sow righteousness. Challenge us to sow holiness, God. I want to see. I want to see a church that is alive, doing things unconventionally, not because they're trying to get a rise out of a community, but because they have been in communion with the Father who has challenged them to break the alabaster box. When everyone else around you says, no, you do it. When all other churches are saying, I want to be politically correct, we've got others that are saying, I just want to be at the foot of the Father. I don't want to be politically correct. I don't want to be politically wrong. I just want to be at the foot of the Father. I want to contend for generations to come. I want to see the veil removed from the eyes of the unbelievers, from families that have been destroyed. I want to mend broken hearts. I want to see healings in the altars. I want to see the streets filled with life, filled with joy, filled with gladness, not with struggles and racism. I want to see the Lord receive the bride he died for. Break our hearts this morning, God. Come on, be careful if you pray that prayer. Be careful if you pray that prayer. Holy Spirit, go now. Break hearts that are fallow. Break hearts that are hardened. Break hearts, God, that need to be aligned with heaven again. Return a people back to the place of prayer. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends. It'd help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Central Valley Church, go to cvcmadera.churchcenter.com for more information. We love you. 